0: welcome back to another episode of two Plain sports as you guys can tell we've got another guest host here last time we had brody this time we've got jerry he's actually brandon's younger brother and if you guys have been watching us for a super long time you might recognize him he was on a couple videos when we first started out thanks for joining bud
1: sir thanks for inviting me
0: yeah no worries so today we're going to talk about you know, Oklahoma, the the team, how it's been so far halfway through the season. We'll do a little bit of a foreshadowing to the upcoming game versus Iowa State. We're going to talk a little bit about Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen and the, the big high school game that happened last Thursday versus Denton Geyer and Allen. Um, and probably some random topics here and there as we go through our conversation. So if you guys enjoy what we're talking about or love Oklahoma football like we do, make sure to hit the subscribe button, like the video leave a comment about what you guys think during our conversation um, and stick to the end around to the end of the video to do our end of video challenge. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. So let's just start off with Oklahoma football and what it's looked like through the first seven weeks of the season. I think it's probably fair to say that there was a big rough patch there in the middle. Three straight losses started off hot. Some were even saying Oklahoma could be a playoff team after the first three weeks. Clearly, that ch- that narrative changed very quickly after Kansas State, TCU, and Texas. But we came out you know, with a win right before a bye week against Kansas. What do you think this team can do after the bye week, Jerry? Do you think that there's plenty of wins out there still left on the schedule? Or is it going to be a tough stretch to end the season for Oklahoma?
1: I I mean, I think our team, when we have Gabriel, I think it's honestly a different team. I think it's not a playoff team like we all hoped, and like Brandon was saying before he left, 11 wins, 12 wins, whatever he was saying. But, I mean, with Gabriel, we can put up points. We've shown it against decent teams and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think eight wins is probably what I'm maxing at, with like a a safe seven is what I would put us at.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Looking forward to the rest of the schedule. We have Iowa State this weekend, which is going to be tough uh, for the offense. Iowa State's defense has been very good throughout the season, holding Kansas State to 10 points and Kansas to 14. So it's going to be, can our defense do enough to make Iowa State's offense look like it has been, or are we going to let them look like the best offense in the country like we've let Kansas State and TCU and even Texas look during those games? After Iowa State, we've got Baylor at home, West Virginia, uh, at West Virginia, Bedlam at Oklahoma, at Norman, and then we end the season Texas Tech. At Texas Tech, I mean, really, it seems to me it seems like the two hardest games after this weekend are probably the away games, or I guess the hardest games left on the schedule to me are the away games. I think Oklahoma State, while they are six-one right now, they just pulled off a win against Texas. They don't look like world beaters. To me, um, I'm sure someone else is going to disagree. Baylor hasn't looked amazing, four and three, just like us, and their offense struggles every once in a while. Defense is still good, but they, they have some bad series every once in a while. Like I said, Iowa State's offense just is not very good. So it's really going to, I think this weekend is going to depend more so on our defense than our offense. Obviously, our offense needs to do what they've done every single week, but if our defense makes who who's their quarterback right now, is it Decker or are they? are they charting out pretty? I honestly,
1: so, honestly couldn't even tell. The only person I know is that Hutchinson guy that's been at like 12 years, it feels like.
0: Yeah, Xavier Hutchinson. I saw a stat that he was actually like one of the highest rated receivers according to PFF. Yeah. However, however much stock you put into that website, take that as as you will. But he's a very good receiver. It's going to be tough to cover him. He's I think he's yeah. like 6'3", 6'2". So another big wide receiver challenging our corners. Yeah. I think Oklahoma, though, through the first seven weeks, clearly huge ups and downs. But like you mentioned, Dylan Gabriel adds something completely different to the offense. He can actually throw the ball down the field, probably number one, and it helps with the running game. I mean, we saw even against Texas when we couldn't run or pass the ball down the field with Davis Bevel, the running game was fine. But when we last weekend against Kansas, Kansas's defense isn't amazing, but having that deep threat. With or the threat to put the ball down the field with Dylan opens up those gaps for Eric Gray and Javante Barnes to actually make some plays on the ground. I mean, do you think Marcus Major has anything to say about the next couple of games? I feel I don't know how high you were on Javante before the season was uh, started.
1: I was I was actually pretty high on Javante. I remember me and my boss at where I work at. We were doing over unders on players and stuff like that. He had Marcus being our, uh, our uh, leading rusher this year, and I actually told him that Javante would take that role about right when he's doing right now, and that's kind of what he's doing. I think it's going to continue that way and just grow into a bigger Javante role. And Eric Gray, obviously, because he's been having a great year.
0: Yeah, it's tough to. It's going to be tough to, pretty much impossible for Javante to take over Eric Gray's position. Yeah. I mean, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, there's no injury for him, but. Yeah, this offense is going to be rolling again. The defense has to step up. And last against Kansas, they did make some plays, you know, forced a few turnovers, but I think there's still a lot of opportunities for them that they left out on the field, whether it's just missed tackles, uh, you know, missed assignments, whatever it is that that they're doing to to continue making those mistakes. I think after this bye week, we'll we'll see a lot of Maybe not a huge difference, but at least a significant difference from what we've seen over the last four weeks. Something that we actually talked about before we started recording was venables as an assistant after a bye week or after rest is record. Historically, it's been pretty good. So throughout his 23 years uh, as an assistant, he's 27 and four after a bye week or rest. That includes playoffs and bowl games. You know, the rest that he gets for his teams between end of the season and whatever uh, bowl game he's playing. So I think even though we don't know what he's going to do as a head coach, probably fair that he's probably taken some of those, I guess, characteristics of those past teams he's been on and applied them as a head coach, taught his uh, assistants how to prepare going through a whole schedule. We saw that the team was actually doing some um, community service in Norman, I believe. So he's definitely keeping at least the players engaged with the purpose of the team, the character, the culture that he's building there. I expect Oklahoma to win, but I don't think it's going to be a pretty win.
1: Yeah, I think I'm the same. It's it's interesting because Iowa State is also on a, was also on a buy, so they're both going to have equal preparation. So it's going to be interesting. But I do think OU wins this one. I think if we can just hold them to around thirty, I our defense has been the, not consistent at all. So I'm just hoping under thirty. I think we can put up over thirty, I think we can sneak out with the win.
0: Yeah, definitely. And again, like you said, it's going to be if we can score enough points, right? Yeah, because if I think it's, again, fair to assume that our even though our defense may improve a little bit, probably not going to be holding anyone to probably less than 21 for the rest of the season. Even this Iowa State offense that has seemed to struggle here and there. Yeah. They are on a roller coaster as well on that side of the ball. I mean, we'll see. Um, I know – I think it was against – who was Iowa State's last game? Was it Texas? Texas. Yeah, they, Texas. They went out and their quarterback was – let me double check – because I'm pretty sure it wasn't Chubba during... Yeah, it was Hunter Decker. But Chubba mm-hmm. has played throughout the year. I don't know which quarterback goes out there and which one's more dangerous because would never looked amazing, but neither has yeah. Hunter Decker. Hunter Decker did play against us, I believe it was in... Not last year's game, but the year before, if I remember, remember right. It's tough to remember yeah. some of these games, but... yeah. We'll we'll see how the Iowa State game goes. We'll, we'll preview it more later in the week. But throughout, let's go back to what we think about the Sooners through the first seven weeks. Who would you say is so far the team's MVP on each side of
1: the ball? I think offense, because of consistently and being healthy, I think we have to go with Eric Gray, honestly. Mims has been nice, but Eric Gray, I feel like, been the most consistent, great game every game. And then defense, I guess I'd probably go... Um Reggie started hot, but then consistently I feel like we we'll have you one of the linebackers probably studs.
0: Yeah, it's tougher on the defense because they've had such bad performances. Yeah. And Eric Gray, yeah, I think Eric Gray is gonna be my pick as well. I thought about saying Brayden Willis, and I think that's gonna be a very popular answer um in the comment section, but I think it's hard to not pick Eric Gray because of the season he's having. Um he's up there and Rushing yards, rushing yard average, scoring plenty of touchdowns. It's not like he's, there's anything really lacking in his game so far. On defense, I'm going to actually go with a safety in Billy Bowman, even though he hasn't played the last few weeks. I think when he was in the game, he was, to me, the difference maker between you know the scores that were put up against us and when he's in the game, it seems like we're able to stop a lot more of those deep threats. With the corners, especially, again, with the receivers we've played against, most of them yeah. being significantly taller than any of our DBs, he's fast enough to at least chase them down. Probably the fastest guy on the field for Oklahoma's defense. So that's yeah. what I'm going to go with. Do you think that there's any way that Oklahoma can go undefeated here? I know you said eight wins, and that would probably mean what you got. Two, three, four, five. Six. We've got one, two, Five games left. So you think Oklahoma wins, loses one. Which one do you think is Oklahoma's loss?
1: Honestly, Baylor for some weird reason. I just, I don't, I don't know what, I'm not even know much about them, but I was not feeling good about the Baylor game.
0: Yeah. Randa does a good job in game planning. I don't know. It's tough to pick out a specific loss, maybe against Texas Tech because yeah, it nice. is in Lubbock at the end of the season. But I feel like if we're hot on a four game win streak there, why not? That's- just been fin- cap off the season, right? With, yeah, my with the So I, I mean, and it's probably very biased. I'm, I'm sure some in the comment section are probably saying that we're sunshine pumpers or I am for not being able to see a, a loss here. But when we started the season, I guess maybe Oklahoma state, definitely a dangerous team here right now, but it's at in Norman. I think that's going to at least play a factor and benefiting Oklahoma. But before the season, like you said, Braden thought, well, we're for sure 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. I mean, I didn't believe that. Did, definitely didn't think it'd be this bad. But I, yeah, I think Oklahoma is going to be just fine to to end the stretch here. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Thursday game. Jackson Arnold versus Michael Hawkins, five star commit to Oklahoma versus a very highly touted quarterback prospect in 2024 class of Michael Hawkins. And there's other players as well that Oklahoma was looking at there. What did you think about the game? What was the most impressive thing, I guess, to you?
1: I mean, I think it's hard to argue that Arnold didn't pretty much have a perfect game. I think he was 25 or 28 or something like that, three or four incompletions. I don't know the exact stat line, but I mean, pretty much the perfect game. He was making elite throws, pro throws, it looked like. I mean, comparing to my high school union, i never see throws that he was making. It's a bunch of slants and dump balls, and Arnold's out there slinging bombs and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was impressive how he handled uh, the pressure that he got when he did get some on him. He didn't it, he didn't look rattled when the, he had defense yeah. in his face. They, it was in the first series. He was the, the defensive line managed to surround him in the pocket. He put a perfect um pass to Landon Sides. Seems like yeah. it's his favorite receiver. Yeah. Right, right, right in the sweet spot. Sides made a play for a few more yards. But yeah, I agree. Jackson Arnold did amazing. To me, I think it was Peyton Bowen though. That dude is yeah. everywhere on the field on defense make special plays on in the returning game. I knew, I think we all know that Peyton Bowen's really talented, but I didn't think he, I've never gotten to see a full game. Highlights can kind of be deceiving because they're just showing you the best of what they have, but his highlights are seem to be coming in every game. Dude, first series made like a huge play for a tackle for loss, read the defense or the offense perfectly on a screen pass, was able to tackle the receiver that, The return, the punt return, I think. Yeah, punt return, where he just... Broke like
1: 20 tackles. (laughs) Yeah, he looked
0: like Marshawn Lynch out there, and he's like 50 pounds lighter than any big running back in the NFL. Like He makes it look super easy. Which, And I think it's interesting that Levy and Brandon Hall was there. It wasn't just Levy to talk with Jackson Arnold and evaluate the offensive talent, but Brandon Hall, no matter what, is still going after both the Bowen brothers and what... Eli didn't show a lot of stats out out there because Michael Hawkins was had a tough time getting the ball in the air and making any big plays that way, along with Ryan Yates. But they're not they're not going to stop recruiting both those safeties and Yates and Peyton. Even though Yates did say last week he posted did on work. social media said his yeah, said his commitment was cl- or his recruitment was closed. Clearly, the Oklahoma staff isn't going to take that. They're going to make sure that they're. Continuing that communication and that's fair, right? When you need safety depth and you have two players right there with your, I guess, prize of the twenty three class, you might as well continue to have that communication open with his teammates. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that Peyton flips anytime soon? From, I mean, from what you have read or just from what you've seen,
1: I, I don't know if it'd be anytime soon. I, I, I don't know. He's just so weird. One weekend he looks like he's doing it. In the next ten minutes he's going to announce it, and then he looks like he just forgot about OU in total. I still think we get him. Some reason I got a weird feeling, but I don't think it's anytime soon.
0: Yeah, the the girlfriend never loses. I think that's yeah. that's kind of what <laughs> I've kind of come down to. As long as his girlfriend's yeah. going to Oklahoma, I think that's why Oklahoma should be the front runner. Obviously, a And M is still there, and he's still committed to Notre Dame. So it's not like in any way this is a foregone conclusion that he's going to be at Oklahoma or that he flips. But again, with his girlfriend attending Oklahoma, one of his best friends attending Oklahoma and playing for the football team. It does seem to me Seem like it does seem like Oklahoma is the front runner if there was to be a flip. But you, we can never yeah. count A and M out. As much frustrating as it is, and as much as they,
1: <laughs> with suck. their check. You mean?
0: Yeah, with their with their bag man going around. I mean, yeah. they have they they have a very bad season. And I don't see people freaking the hell out about how they're going to lose all it, their recruits. It's so
1: weird. Oh, you yeah. fan page goes crazy. I do it myself, but yeah, you go look at Twitter and Texas Anim aren't even worried. It's just weird.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we'll, either it's the fan base. We have self-inflicted wounds with our fan base, or their fan base just doesn't care. They don't have one, or maybe they're just so secure with the fact <laughs> that you know either the the player loves school or the bagman came up with enough cash. Whatever reason it is. For some reason, they just don't freak out because they're terrible. Yeah. Their offense can't mm-hmm. do anything. I was surprised. I went on Twitter because I was busy on Saturday. I kind of just assumed at least Texas A&M, even if it was a close one, would have pulled it out. Yeah. South Carolina and Spencer Rattler actually looked pretty good against them from what I saw in, I
1: don't, the, in the few minutes. I didn't watch I got. it again either, but I checked the box score, probably what you did. And I think Spencer only completed like 16 passes. Like, I don't I don't know what A&M is doing. They just, They just suck, I guess.
0: Yeah. And – Again, it doesn't make sense how they're getting five stars, even with money. I mean, you see other teams. It's not like they're the only team with money or the only program with high donors or big donors. Who knows? We'll we'll see. I know a lot of people probably want to hear about uh, DJ Hicks. There's no new information that's come out there. The coaches are talking to him still, which is what we expected. Recruiting isn't done until the player signs that piece of paper, both for the players currently committed to Oklahoma and for the players that Oklahoma wants to go after you know, yeah. i.e. D.J. Hicks and Peyton Bowen. You, gotta, you just got to keep that communication and hope that once there is maybe a little bit of doubt creeping in their heads, you're able to capitalize because you're continuing to build that relationship. But yeah. I mean, the, this weekend was pretty good with, with football, college football. I mean, we're recording on Sunday, so Sunday night football is still going on. But the, I think after this weekend, Oklahoma doesn't look as bad as they did. With the, with that three game stretch because Texas lost against Oklahoma State. And Quinn Ewers, the the bits I saw of that game, he had some really good highs and some really bad lows. Missing his yeah. missing receivers, did he? I'm pretty sure he threw a pick on the first play, first series of the game, and a pick on the last series of the game. I know so, he did
1: last series for sure. Yeah. He, I, I think he was the only quarterback to attempt over 45 passes and only complete under 20 or something like that. Ever. Yeah, that's,
0: that's tough. And it apparently there's, again, rumors, so nothing nothing concrete here that uh, Jante is oh, yeah. kind of think, creeping around with the idea of potentially looking around more for his commitment, for his uh, call it where he's going to play college ball. So we'll see what transpires with texas and a&m and if oklahoma is able to to get back into any of these recruitment conversations for some of the players we were targeting in both of those classes i think it's really mainly with a&m's class that oklahoma is probably going to try to grab grab a couple of uh players from but yeah i mean we're finally football is back for oklahoma it was a nice bye week but not a not a big fan kind of wish we could just play the 12 weeks out but Oh, we, the players need the rest. The coaches need yeah, the it's rest. Probably
1: just for the players.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pumped that we we get to play again this weekend. But again, like you mentioned, with Iowa State also being on a bye week, I think both teams with fresh legs is going to be a much different game than if we were playing against them. You know, if they weren't on a bye week. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game. Again, will the defense be able to make them look how they have looked, or maybe just a little bit better than how they have looked? I just don't want yeah. them to make. Decker look like a Heisman finalist because I just want to
1: see a consistent game out of the defense. We have flashes like three drives. We look great. And then it's just wide open touchdowns or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's a very,
0: very bad consistency, but I mean, short video today, not, not too much to talk about. Not a lot of information is coming out. We just wanted to get back on, uh, you know, talk Oklahoma football. Like I said, we'll do a game preview later in the week um that go a little bit deeper into iowa state's team. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some injury updates. We all expect Billy Bowman to hopefully be back during this game, but I know there you know with injuries there can always be complications or timelines aren't always concrete. So uh we'll be back on probably Wednesday's video with some of those updates, uh talk more in depth like I said about the game and uh probably some recruitment talk later on cuz recruiting never stops. So uh in the video challenge for this week just tell us what your favorite game was of college football. I think mine, from what I got to watch, again, like I said, I was kind of busy. I think it's going to be the Clemson game. I really thought that the that Syracuse was going to pull it out and be able to upset Clemson. But Clay, Cade Klubnick showed that he might be the, the right guy to replace D.J. Uyanglele, even this season. I don't know if D.J. is going to get his spot back. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Will Shipley looks like the dude at running back probably – I think he's kind of slept on might be the best running back in college football right now. A lot of people think it's still B. John Robinson. Not saying that he's not good, but will Shipley looks like a man amongst boys sometimes in in college football. Do you have a favorite game of the weekend,
1: Jerry? Honestly, kind of an underrated one, the Tulsa versus Temple. I just wasn't playing. So I was watching random games and that Tulsa Temple game was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I saw a couple of plays from that game and it looked pretty good. Wasn't the score pretty close throughout the game? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I totally came back. They were down something early. My stepdad's a big fan, so he was watching, but they came back eventually.
0: Good good pick. Uh, for those of you watching, make sure, let us know who what your favorite game was this weekend. Make sure to hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already, and follow us on all social media platforms. And if you don't really like watching videos, or if you don't have time for it, Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on there. Follow and rate the show on those platforms as well. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time.